I swear, if Bitcoin doesn't move past this 19,000 to 100, 200, 300, I promise you, I'm going to stop doing shows until it actually starts moving. <laughs> what do you think, Kyle? I've got to stop. It's got to do something. It's got to do something. Maybe it'll do something this week because this week's actually quite a big week uh, for macro. And maybe the macro uh, news will move Bitcoin. Also, I've got a big story for you guys on Ethereum. I'm going to show you guys one position that i took in my portfolio a big position that i took in my portfolio this week i'm going to show you where i am in the trading competition because i made my first trade in the trading competition and then i'm uh, going to talk about uh, two other altcoins so bitcoin isn't moving but there are tokens that are moving so let's talk about the tokens that are moving let's do this Fuck out of bed, bitch, go. do the good evening good evening good evening anymore because too many people are complaining that it ruined their day first thing in the morning to hear that good evening good evening good evening good evening good evening good evening so we don't do that anymore we don't do it anymore so people are asking about doing it welcome back guys i hope you well i hope you guys had a good weekend i don't know if you guys caught our weekend stream this weekend uh, if you didn't you should go and have a look at it it was actually quite a lot of fun i got bitboy to come on the show on i actually wasn't going to get bitboy i was going to do it all on my own and then bitboy joined me on the show and we started speaking about his issues with SPF. And I mean, that, that's got a lot of traction, that video. So if you missed that video, go and watch it. And then the other one, which you probably missed, which you probably should watch, is this one with Arthur Hayes. This one with Arthur Hayes. The amount of alpha in the in the Arthur Hayes video uh, last week was insane. This guy's one of the smartest guys out there, right? He is so, 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 so smart. Anyway, we're back Monday. Uh, if you're new to the channel, subscribe to the channel. If you've been here for a while, if you're part of the 90, what is the number this morning? 91%. 90, 91, I think 91% of people that watch us are subscribers, which means that we are by far, by far, by far the most little crypto community in the world. Anyway, let's do this. I'm going to give you guys the highest alpha pack show per minute on the internet. You guys are going to like, subscribe, and help us get unshadow banned by giving us good comments in the... Um, in the comments um people saying bitboy was huge yeah it was huge it was huge um i made my first trade in the trading competition guys i'm not doing very well i mean i'm 135 in terms of the ranking but i mean i started i started uh what did i do in the trading competition i've only taken a trade on buy budget i've got a trade lined up for uh bitget later so what have i done i've taken a long position on gmx um purely because it's been trading above the 40 dollar range for a while it, came below it so for me this is this is something that i want to be in and then i took a position on near which is a little bit down um i made a mistake again that i put two thousand dollars in my account and i only used 400 uh, 1400 dollars on margin if i hadn't i would have been 20 percent up which means i would have been one step closer to kyle and sheldon so kyle is now number 19. Kyle's, kyle's 19 yes you're 19 in the trading competition 
Don't, uh, share your screen. Don't talk shit. I want to see it. Uh, uh, pre, uh, uh, don't trust. Verify. Don't trust. Verify. Sheldon is third in BitGet. Sheldon is third on BitGet, and he is 18 on... Yeah. So we, we, Whoa. Okay, so you are. You actually are 19th. Listen, what do you say we increase the, the length of the competition? Yeah, I think that will be the true test. That, that makes a lot of I sense. agree. I agree. We increase the length of competition. What should we do? So should, should we say end of November? Yeah. I think end of November because it, then it's not like trading fast. It's, it's actually like real, it's real trading. It's real trading. Okay, so we'll extend it till the end of November. So it's not too late to participate. If you want to participate, there are links below. Um, you've got, if you want to win, you've got to use one of our referral links. If you just want to play for fun, below, then, then you can play for fun. Uh, uh, here are the links for those of you who don't know where the links are. Right here, click this link, sign up with our referral links, and then click here to sign up to the Bybit or the BitGet. Uh, for the US guys, you can enter the BitGet competition. Um, when it asks you if you're in the US, just, just say, okay, I understand, and just move on, just move on. Um, all right, let's get into the alpha. Five-minute intros, that's what I'm allowed to do. Remember, smash the like button. Help us get this content out there. Um, let's look at the market. So Bitcoin has to make a decision now. It has to, has to, has to make a decision now. Kyle says another one or two days until it makes a decision. Max two weeks until Bitcoin moves. So it could be this week because this is a massive week. I'll show you why this is a massive week. You've got the NASDAQ. Uh, currently, the futures are down about uh, three quarters of a percent. The markets are not open yet. There's nine minutes until the market opens. So let's wait until the market opens. Dow futures up half a percent. Um, S&P 500 futures up 0.25%. Uh, one interesting thing that you had is you had Hong Kong down 6% this morning. So you had the Hong Kong market down 6%. Why was the Hong Kong market down 6%? First of all, impressive that the NASDAQ futures are holding up so well with the Hong Kong market down 6%. What moved the Hong Kong market down was this. I mean, this is crazy shit, but I mean, this is what happened in China. That's the... Oh, hold on. Let's let, let's actually go back so you can just so you can see it. This is the ex. I think he's the ex prime minister, and he's being forcefully removed from the cabinet as Xi Jinping takes full control of the cabinet again. It's like get the hell out, and then like he tries to talk to Xi Jinping. And you can see he's like basically, he's like, hey, don't touch the papers, bro. T touch them outside. <laughs> you get get out. That's rough. And then you see, you'll see when he walks past and he he hits uh, uh, Xi Jinping. He says, it's like, it's like, sorry, bro, you got the wrong number. So he's like, hello, hello. It's like, sorry, wrong wrong number, wrong number. Yeah, I don't think anyone will see him ever again. So anyway, that's what happened in Hong Kong. That is why the Hong Kong futures were down six percent. Uh, and impressive, as I said, that uh, even with that, the Hong Kong, the the um, the Nasdaq uh, is about even. Then you're looking at the Dixie. So the Dixie's still under the parabola, but the Dixie got a bit stronger. You see, about that great green candle in the Dixie. So we'll talk a little bit about why we got this green candle here in the Dixie. Um, it's quite important that we speak about it. It's got something to do with Japan. So we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, we've got a huge week. Why did I say we've got a huge week? Well, so 
Monday and Tuesday, kind of non-events. So PMI data from Europe, not important. Janet Yellen speaking, not really important. Uh, US consumer confidence, not important. We know consumer confidence is at an all-time low, uh, and there's going to be no news there. It gets a little bit more. It gets a little bit more um, uh, juicy on Thursday and Friday, where you got US GDP and ECB policy, and then you got on Friday you got PCE inflation. So this is this is quite big. So why why is this quite big? So the first thing is um, you've got US GDP, you've got PCE inflation, and you've got earnings this week. You've got the biggest earnings weeks on the on the on the calendar this week. I want to just run you through what we can expect from earnings. So from the earnings point of view, this is more or less. The week ahead as i said to you guys last week we've got amazon uh on thursday you've got microsoft this week you've got facebook this week meta you've got this week so if you look at the the companies that make up the the um the nasdaq and you look so, so apple reports this week microsoft reports this week amazon reports this week uh, alphabet i think reports this week meta reports this week so you've got 12 trillion dollars worth of market cap of companies reporting this week so this is the the biggest uh, earnings week of the year. Now, what are we expecting in this earnings week? Well, quite simply, if I look at all the Wall Street expectations for this week, the theme is the same. So what you're seeing is you're seeing turnover up. So if you look at the revenues, you're looking at revenues, for example, Apple, the estimates are that revenues are up 6.6% year on year, but earnings per share only up 2.4% year on year. So that means that what the market is saying is that these guys have increased revenue, but slightly lower earnings. Then if you look at Google, which is much worse, they're talking about increased revenue of 8.6%, but the profitability down 10% year on year. And the same thing for Microsoft. So up 10% on revenue, but only 1.8% on earnings per share. So you can see there's a common theme here where the guys are saying, look, we expect you to get revenues up, and that's because of inflation, but we don't expect you to be more profitable. Um, so massive earnings week this week. Um, Remember that it's all about expectations. It's not about what you actually report, but it's what you report relative to expectations. Because if it was about what you actually reported, this is what people have actually reported. Now, if you look at the earnings per share quarter on quarter, all of these companies have reported negative earnings per share quarter on quarter. But it hasn't moved uh, their stock prices. And that's because they declared this and because the market's actually um, preparing for this. In fact, the market... Right now is, as, as I said, I'm not looking at consumer confidence because I know consumer confidence is an all-time short, an all-time low. Market confidence is, is an all-time low. You've got fear and greed down, uh, fear and greed down. You've got um, uh, the number of puts. So if you look at the puts, remember I said to you, puts tell you how many people are short, how many people are, 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 are um, uh, bearish on the market. We're now at, at um, higher levels of puts than in 2000 and 2008. So this is in this century, this is the highest level of shorts and puts that are open on the market. Now, in terms of the bear market, so where are we when, when it comes to bear markets? From a duration point of view, this bear market's actually like almost a year old. So it's 284 days old. In fact, it's, it's, the crypto bear market is almost coming up for its one-year anniversary. And if you look at the drawdown, well, the drawdown is only 25.4%. So there could be a way to go if we're going to be uh, um, uh, relative to, to, to other markets. It's also the first year, well, not the first year, there's been one, two, three, four other times in history or in, 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 in modern history, so since the 1900s, where you've had both stocks and bonds down on the same year. So look at this. So you've got both stocks and bonds down. You've got the 60-40 portfolio down 20% this year. 
And that's unprecedented except for 1931, after the Great Depression. So it's unprecedented other than the Great Depression. So just to give you an idea of this, this bear market that we're in, it's no, this is not a bear market for, this is a, a serious, serious, serious bear market. Um, so that's earnings this week. The next big thing that we've got this week is we've got, um, we have the US GDP data and you've got uh, 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 PCE. So the PCE numbers, the personal consumption expenditure numbers, these are quite important numbers. And the reason why these numbers are quite important is because this is what the Fed uses to measure as their, as their more reliable rate of inflation. Last time, we forecast this to be 6.2%, and we came in at 6.4%. Now the forecast is the same. It's at 6.2%, but I've got a feeling that's coming in at 6.3%. All the stuff that I've been reading says that it's coming in at 6.3%. If we get high PCE inflation, well, then, you know, again, the markets are going to react pretty badly because you have an FOMC meeting at the end of the month, and then chances are people are expecting Powell to lift interest rates by 75 basis points now and then 50 basis points at the next meeting and then maybe even 25 basis points at the meetings after. But if we don't get the PCE, uh, if, the, if the PCE numbers come in and show that inflation isn't yet uh, uh, where, where it's supposed to be, then it's going to get even worse. Um, and then lastly this week, you got the GDP numbers. So remember the GDP numbers show the US GDP growth. We've had two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. So negative 0.6 and negative 0.6. And now we are looking to see what, what the, next, uh, for the next is. And the forecast is a 2.4% increase in GDP. I don't really believe that. But I mean, if you read the data, the data says that, that well, now 2.9% uh, increase in GDP. Um, I, want, I, wonder, I wonder if we do snap out of this if we're no longer in recession. So let's see, let's see what that is. Um, cool. So that's that. Let's really talk about, um, I bought Chinese stocks today. Big sell. Yeah. Big sell, big sell, big sell. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I said to you guys, that we're going to look at the Dixie and hope that the Dixie stays under this parabola. Um, and one of the things that brought the Dixie down below this parabola was the intervention by the Japanese central bank, which happened on Friday. See over here, they intervened. I'll take it to the one hour chart. It makes it a lot easier. And you can see here that they intervene. Now, how do they intervene? What they do is they have dollars and they put more dollars in the market and they take Japanese yen out the market. And that's what they did. They intervened on Friday. They spent about $20 billion to reduce the currency from about 151 all the way down to about 145. Problem is that we're only on Monday and we're back at 149. So it's almost like the market doesn't respond to these interventions. And if you look at the previous intervention, let me try and find it for you guys. Here's the previous intervention here, which happened at a level of 145. And they intervened. And you can see that within a couple of days, we were back at the same levels. In fact, within about two, three weeks, we were back at the same levels. And to make matters worse, the economic minister of Japan has handed in his, his resignation. So just to make matters worse, it's not, it's not looking good. But the Bank of Japan does have $1.5 trillion to defend the Japanese yen. So they can continue to do this 300 times if they need to, to get stability. And they vowed that what they're going to do is they're going to continue to do this until they get uh, stability. The other thing that moves the Dixie is the pound. And you can see that there was some action on the pound. There was a lot of action on the pound earlier today when Boris Johnson said that he's out of the race. And now there's, I think this, this Rishi, what's his name? Rishi, the news, there's a new, the, 
Super Rishi, they call him. You guys are calling him in the chat. He's the, the new, he's probably going to be the new prime minister of the UK. So let's keep our eyes open for that. All right, let's talk about um, Ethereum, the big story around Ethereum. And what we've seen around Ethereum is we've seen an indicator flashing green. And I want to talk about what the indicator means, not only to Ethereum, but also to a lot of um, Rishi Sunak. That's his name, Super Rishi. So let's look at um, Ethereum and what's going on in Ethereum and why we decided to make a show on Ethereum and this indicator that flashed green on Ethereum. And that indicator for Ethereum is the ETH supply chain since merge. So we're almost, almost, almost at a point since the merge where ETH has become deflationary. So you can see that as soon as we go below this line, ETH has become deflationary. And that's a big difference as to if we were in proof of work. So Remember that the total ETH supply change has been an increase in supply by 2,078 Ethereum since the merge. But if, you, if we were on proof of work, we would have put another 467,604 ETH into, into, into the supply. But because of the changed emissions, in other words, the slower emissions uh, on Ethereum, plus the EIP-1559, which burns 75% of the gas used in every single transaction, we're now at a point where we're almost, almost, almost deflationary on Ethereum. And this is a big, a big feat because it's not like a bull market where you've got a whole lot of transactions. This is happening in, in the midst of a bear market. Now, what's driving this? Meme coins. A whole lot of different meme coins on Ethereum are driving this. It doesn't really matter what's driving it. What, we, what, what it shows is that as soon as the usage on Ethereum goes up even a little bit, and the gas fees, in fact, like look at this now. If the gas fees go over 15 guay, okay? So right now when we look at the gas fees, the gas fees, and if you want to look at your own gas fees, it's etherscan.io forward slash gas tracker. So right now, the average ETH transaction is using 23 guay. Anytime that this goes above 15 guay, we are on course to become deflationary. So right now, if this carries on in terms of usage, we are on course to become deflationary. Uh, which is amazing. It's the first time that it's happened to Ethereum since the merge. And hopefully from that point on, as Ethereum usage continues to grow, then the the um, ETH will actually be deflationary. On top of that, what I saw today was I saw that Polygon passes Ethereum in weekly active users, third consecutive all-time high. So Polygon, not only from a price point of view, because if you look at the Polygon price, let's actually quickly get the Polygon price here. Yeah? Can't call it Polygon. To me, it's Matic. It will always be Matic. I know to some people it's Polygon, but to me, it's Matic. Um, so you can see that, first of all, there's, there's been a 3x in this price, but it's also held its price uh, pretty well all the way since the 26th of July. And that's because of an amazing business development effort by, by the Matic team. And what you can see is that it's starting to really, really pay off. So you've got weekly active users, uh, 2.27 million plus 45.7%. Uh, transactions up 3%, revenue up 196%. And what this, this is showing you is that Ethereum is becoming a settlement layer and the layer twos are becoming where the processing is actually taking place. And that's what's going to make Ethereum so powerful is that you're going to have all these Ethereum layer twos, Arbitrum, Optimism, you name them, and then you've got, or uh, Matic, et cetera, and then you've got Ethereum as almost like the settlement layer. And so when you put those all together, it is true that ETH will probably do 100,000 transactions per second. And then if that's the case, then you've got to ask yourself a very serious question. What is the point of investing in any other layer one protocol? 
And that's what Arthur Hayes and I discussed when I, when I, uh, in the interview, go and listen to the interview with Arthur Hayes, because in his view, it should be Bitcoin and Ethereum and nothing else. And I'm going to tell you why you should, you should go and listen to the interview. Anyway, so um, that's what's happening with Matic. Uh, just to give an idea of how impressive their, their, their um, uh, growth is. Uh, the consistency, so it just keeps growing and growing and growing. If you compare it to other chains, so if you look at the other chains, uh, Matic was up 45.7% this week. Uh, Arbitrum, negative 12.8. AVAX, and this negative 12.8 is purely because of GMX and the reduced volatility and the reduced uh, fees on on, um, on Arbitrum. Um, and you look at all the other ones, you can kind of see that this is really, really, really impressive uh, from Matic. So yeah, that's that's one of the big things. Also, Reddit users have opened 2.5 million crypto wallets after launch of the NFT marketplace. So that's that's huge. It's another 2.5 million crypto users uh, added to 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 the market. Cool. So that's that. Uh, there are a couple of other things. And if you guys saw this, Kathy Wood has admitted that she bought a whole lot of Bitcoin. She bought $100,000 worth of Bitcoin at $250 and she's still sitting on them. Uh, which has made us very happy. But he, um, your question again, I lost that. What was your moment where you realized? Which you've and so I, I put, I don't think I've ever disclosed this before, but I put $100,000 in. $250. Yeah. I don't know how many Bitcoin that is. Uh, is that 400 Bitcoin? I don't even know. And I wasn't counting right. at the time, but, but, uh, and I've kept it all, but I, because as soon as he said that, the light bulb with the fund. couldn't do it with the fund nice. because we had to find a security. And so this thing called GBTC, yep. which everybody knows now is Grayscale uh, Bitcoin Investment Trust, um, that had the one-year holding period, and they were just cycling through that. So this is the rules of your fund, means you can't Yes, ETFs can only own securities. Yes. And so we had to find one. And we found Grayscale. Actually, Grayscale was one... Uh, Poor Kathy, because when she started buying Grayscale, Grayscale had a premium. And now that same premium has turned into discounts. So she's had it, she's had it pretty rough. She's had it pretty rough. Um, I don't know if you guys saw on the weekend that we had a huge pump from Aptos. So I mean, it wasn't it wasn't an unpredictable pump. We could have expected this pump because you're going to get the airdrop. Everyone's going to dump on the airdrop, and then what's going to happen is everybody's going to start buying Aptos again, and the market makers are going to come into the market once the selling pressure is gone. Um, we got huge volume on Aptos. And if you were a market maker and you wanted to manipulate the price of Aptos to make the VCs uh, um, happier, what would you do? You'd wait for the weekend when there's low liquidity. And that's exactly what they did. They waited for the weekend. They pumped the price of Aptos. You can see, though, that the trading volume on Aptos was huge. So what you can see is that the trading volume on Aptos was bigger than the trading volume on Bitcoin and the trading uh, volume on um, on on Ethereum. And that's on Bybit. Interesting, the same thing happened on FTX. So on FTX, uh, you look at the, the trading volume on, on Aptos, 526 million versus Ethereum and Bitcoin, much less than that. But also interesting when you look at that is you can see how much bigger Bybit is than FTX. Everyone thinks that FTX is like one of the biggest derivatives exchange, and it's not. Bybit is a much, much, much bigger derivatives exchange. And to me, also a much better derivative exchange. That's why, we, that's why we've partnered up with Bybit. But what you can see is that while Bybit was doing almost a billion dollars in volume, FTX was doing about half of that. Why is that important? Because of liquidity. 
you want to be on an exchange that gives you liquidity so you can enter and ex exit your trades pretty easily. And that's why it's good to be part of one of the biggest exchanges. And that trend, I mean, continues in the last 24 hours. So you've got um, Binance, obviously the king. And then under that, I saw OKX, which is a, a surprise appearance, but okay, good. Then you've got Bybit, 10.2%. Then you've got FTX, which is which is smaller than them. So yeah, that's that's the, the, the Aptos thing. I don't know. I mean, would you be buying Aptos now? For me, as I say, like $10 billion fully diluted valuation. It means that you're giving the VCs a 5x return on their last round before. I mean, do you know anybody that's ever used Aptos? Carl, have you ever used Aptos? James, have you ever used Aptos? Run, have you ever used Aptos? Nope. I don't know anyone that's ever used Aptos. I know anyone that's ever used Aptos. Um, what else? What else is there today? Sam Bankman Freeze had an interesting few days. I mean, that's I don't know if you guys saw my my rant with BitBoy on Saturday, but you should go and, you should go and look at it. But I see I think he feels like he got unexpectedly attacked around this regulation and he thanked everybody for all their contributions and whatever else, except BitBoy, of course. Uh, and BitBoy is not leaving him alone because now there's been a an exploit around this three commas API, which is an API that plugs into a piece of trading software, and a whole lot of people were apparently hacked. Apparently, it's been happening since the 18th. So, BitBoy again jumping, attacking Sam Bankman Fried. Those two should really get a room. They should really, really get a room. All right, I did tell you that I'm going to show you a token that I've added to my portfolio in size. I'm going to say it's becoming, it's become one of the, 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 the I won't say the top holdings in my portfolio, but something, one of the biggest. And the reason why I've started to stock up on it, or the, the token that I've started to stock up on, is Gains Network. So, this is gains network this is g trade g trade is a decentralized derivatives platform so it's like bybit and it's like bitget and it's like all those other exchanges like uh gmx um but uh and it's decentralized it's like bybit and ftx but it's it's decentralized now what this allows you to do is it allows you to trade a whole lot of different assets including forex uh, and i think there's about ten thousand. is am i right to saying there's about ten thousand different pairs um let's have a look here so, mm, so yeah, you can trade up to 10 Forex pairs with, with up to 1,000x leverage. And what I'm seeing here is I'm seeing two things grow. I'm seeing, A, I'm seeing their user, their user number grows. Now, they're very, 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 very early in their user numbers. When you look at their user numbers, they're active traders. Now, now this is not the total traders. It's the active traders. is about 7,000 traders. How does that compare with, say, a GMX? Well, GMX has got about... 117,000 traders, and I'm not sure how many of those are active. Um, these guys have got about 7,000 active traders. Uh, the trade volume about $41 million. Um, their, their total value locked was, I think, about 12, 12 million or $13 million. But they are growing, and they're growing super fast. Now, the reason why I like this one is if you look at their market cap, their fully diluted market cap is, I think, under $100 million. So it's $94 million. That's their fully diluted market cap. Where if you look at a GMX, it's about $500 million. So let's look, look at GMX. I think their fully diluted is about half a billion dollars. So $481 billion, a million dollars. Which to me, I, I took a little bit of a bet because sentiment is right now on the side of, of Gains Network. And I think it's just about to take off. And that's why I, I filled up my, my portfolio with some uh, Gains Network. So just thought I'd let you guys know. That's not financial advice, but if you want to follow, that's, that's what I've been doing. Oh, what else is there? There are one or two other things. Um, this is interesting. Uh, BUSD supply is topping 20 billion this month for the first time ever. 
And you know, BUSD was never a real competitor for the stablecoin market. It was always like USDT and USDC. But it does seem now that CZ's done all the right steps. And one of the right steps was he, he removed the USDC trading pairs on Binance. And that, of course, made BUSD stronger. So you should be watching BUSD. Obviously, you wouldn't be buying BUSD, but you know, it's becoming one of those stable coins that's probably worth holding. So yeah. Uh, then Dylan Leclerc says that there are some rumors of some big name miners in trouble because the, the hash rates are high. And if you know the hash rates are high, hash rates are now at all-time highs. And that means that it's harder to mine Bitcoin. You need to spend more money on miners to mine Bitcoin. And if you do need to do that, well, then it means that it, it becomes more unprofitable for the miners to mine Bitcoin. So you're getting rate pressure, you're getting hash rate pressure, etc. So maybe we'll get some minor capitulations. Who knows? And then lastly, Kanye West was approached uh, or was asked around Bitcoin. I think he said the right thing. He said, I, I just don't know enough. Sure. Kanye, any words on Bitcoin? They get paparazzi. Let's get bodyguards. Can, can, can we get some easy fucking bodyguards? Forget paparazzi. Uh, yeah, y'all, yeah, yeah, y'all. We are your bodyguards. Whoever I'm at, God is the bodyguard right here. Y'all the bodyguard. Y'all, make it sure. But as far as Bitcoin, I'm, I'm just not knowledgeable enough to speak on that subject. So I mean, I think a good a good response. I mean, we should probably talk for a few seconds around Kanye West because, I mean, he's being cancelled. His his deals are being cancelled. Balenciaga have now uh, uh, said that they they stepping away from him. His accounts are being closed. JP Morgan, all for making anti-Semitic statements. Now, you know, what? I'm I'm not for anyone making any interracial or anti-racial or anti-Semitic statements. And as a Jew, I, I should be very 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 sensitive to something like that. But it just shows you how quickly you can be cancelled. The more famous you are, the easier it is for people to attack you. It's almost like a, an attack when everyone just jumps in. And then, poor guy, poor Kanye, must be having a, a really tough time. Um, cool, I think that's it for today. Uh, remember that we are going to extend the trading competition. So if you haven't entered yet, enter, join us. I think it's going to be fun. Okay, I'm sliding down, which means that the market's actually coming down. Let's see. I'm, uh, it's not, not actually coming down so much. Let's quickly look. Intel and Bybit, Intel and BitGet. Tomorrow I'll do funding of some accounts. Um, I'll do some funding of some accounts. I may actually put a trade in on BitGet because I made a mistake on Bybit, but I think I won't make the same mistake on BitGet. So join, you can join us once, you can join us twice. We're going to extend it to the end of November, which gives anybody that um, is, uh, um, anybody that enters now, gives you guys a good chance to catch up to people like Sheldon and Kyle and all the other DGENs who have managed to, I mean, this is this is excellent. It just shows you how good some of the traders are in our community. 473.65%. Now, this guy could win $10,000. If what? If he doesn't do anything. See, now, this is where it becomes interesting. The strategy here is just don't do anything. Don't do anything, bro. That's the way to do it. Just don't do anything. And I think I don't think so. I think we didn't get thousands the last time, did we? Yeah, two weeks is not enough. We'll extend it till the end of October. I'll let Bybit and BitGet know. You guys sign up. I see there's uh, 1,187 people sign up on this one and probably the same on, on BitGet. Um, yeah, help us get the numbers up. The more people that enter, the more people that win. The more money we all win. All right, guys. I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, have fun and trade well, my friends. Hopefully tomorrow we get some volatility.